Welcome to Prior to the Snap, the profiles of football pros. A podcast where we will highlight careers, stories, and behind-the-scene insights of special individuals in professional football. Now, your host of Prior to the Snap, Mallory Green. Hey, everybody. All right. Welcome back to Prior to the Snap. This is episode four, um, and I'm so excited for the things that we have coming up. So first two episodes, we talked about officiating football, and I think it was really interesting to hear from two different perspectives. We might actually hear a tiny bit about that, a different perspective of officiating today's with today's guest. Um, and then last week, we heard from um, somebody that used to play, and my favorite part about his story was kind of the inspiration that he gave us that he had this dream growing up his entire life and then he saw it all fall apart right in front of him and kind of how he rebuilt that. So not exactly something that I've felt in my life before, but similar. So definitely check him out on his website. He's doing really amazing things. So going forward, today's guest is a super fun, different way to talk about football I was introduced through a mutual friend, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you'd say it's a friend, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, you don't actually, so everybody, this is Chantel Hansen, and tell us a little bit about yourself, Chantel, and how you would say football is a part of your life. Oh, my gosh, that's a loaded question. Okay, <laughs> so a little about who I am. Um, yeah, give us a little so, bit of background about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So first off, thank you so, so much for having me on. Um, I love your podcast. I love the theme. And I've only caught the first couple episodes so far, but I I just really appreciate being part of it. Of course. Um, I was so excited. After we spoke on the phone, I was like, <laughs> I can't wait for this episode. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have fun. Yeah, I we was are. like, this is, this is awesome. So just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Chantel Hansen. I'm the director and producer for Her Turf. Her Turf is a documentary about three female football officials. And um, I'm a first timer. So I'm a rookie. I have never made a documentary in my life before and got this crazy idea to film football officials many, many, many years ago. And um, just had this really unique opportunity to follow three incredible women for the past probably, I mean, four years. And ended up with a short documentary. It's a 17-minute film. And it's just these three incredible stories that intertwine with each other about what it takes to be an official on and off the field. Yeah, I love that. So why? So your background's not in football. Correct. No, but my heart is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm from a really small town in Nebraska um, oh, wow. where there's one, yeah, is one stoplight on Main Street and grew up with two older brothers. One of them played football. Um, but again, just saying I'm from Nebraska, I think that just comes along with the territory that your football is just part of who you are. Right. And uh, interesting enough, um, this documentary has kind of given me an opportunity to fall back in love with football. I mean, there was a period in my life where I didn't watch football, um, 
kind of like I was frustrated with the game and, you know, coming back to the game through this lens of being on the line of scrimmage. I mean, I've just, I've fallen back in love with it in a really different way. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, so you have a background in anthropology. Yeah. So I'm technically an anthropologist. I mean, my day job, I have a marketing consulting business that I run. And so anthropology is, is a big part of um, the work that I do. And it was just kind of like a natural piece to pick up a camera. Um, I had to read the manual to learn how to turn the camera on. <laughs> and um, so find the on button was like a big accomplishment for me back in the day. And, You're like, I'm, um, I can do this. I could turn it on. I, I, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so just, I just kind of went for it and, it was just this really kind of subject matter that I was really fascinated with. I mean, in terms of like officials are really kind of marginalized in, in regards to like, where are they in terms of like the game and the fans and the coaches? And it's just an interesting space for them. Um, and I was just very curious to see what the process was. We have these really kind of preconceived ideas and, stereotypes of how we think about officials and how we react to them. And I, I was really fascinated with the opportunity to kind of break those down and rebuild them in a way that humanizes officials. Right. Right. And I love that. And that was kind of, I think a way that me and you connected was that was really Mm -hmm. the point behind this podcast too, was not even just officials, but people in the realm of football to really break them down as people you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that's super interesting. I'm really excited to pick your brain about this. So one of my, um, favorite quotes. So I found a quote from you. Um, okay. And one of my favorite quotes that you said was, um, this was in talking about a film festival that you guys went to. Um, I believe it was, you've been to several film festivals, correct? Yes. I mean, so the film festival circuit is really interesting. We, I applied to quite a few of them. I mean, average it's three to 4,000 films per festival that you're up against. And so when you get into a festival, it's a pretty big deal. And um, my goal was to get into 10 film festivals and win two awards. And so far we've been in 20 film festivals across the nation. Um, Next month we're going to be in Toronto and Phoenix and we've won four awards. So it just, I'm blown away with the response to date so far. Yeah. So I think that the this quote came from Series Fest. Um, okay. In Denver. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So it says throughout our film festival journey, her turf continues to ignite in depth conversations about gender identity, representation, and works to break down stereotypes about women holding powerful roles in sports. Um, and I think it's so amazing. Um, my main thing that I want to touch on here is the in depth conversations about gender identity and representation. Mm-hmm. So not just officiating, but I think in football in general, those are three things that are not often talked about, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, in your experience on the field, would you say how women's gender played a role? Like when you're watching these officials on the field, I heard um, while watching um, your documentary, one of the females, I think it was Mary said, when I walk on that field, it's obvious that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that you watched happen while you were filming this? 
Oh yeah, definitely. And you felt it, right? I mean, I think there's so many, so much undercurrent in terms of like the nonverbal communication and in regards to like the gender and identity and representation, kind of going back to what you mentioned. I mean, I don't know if we know how to talk about it. And so my job, I always felt very strongly, my job was to show and not tell. So I was so intentional. I never once asked them, what's it like to be a woman on the field? It was my job to show it. Right. And there are moments where, you know, we're in the locker room with Mary and she's alone, right? And she's talking about how grateful she is when opportunity that she has a locker room because a lot of times she would have to wear her uniform under her regular clothes when she showed up and go change in a bathroom. You know, I mean, it's just the visual story was so important to me to show that and then to show her go into the locker room where all the other officials were. Um, I think we just don't have the tools to kind of quite talk about it. And so I think that's why the storytelling piece is so important because you really follow these three stories and three really, really different stories. Um, Mary Podesta, her stories for the love of the game, Angela Mitchell, it's like what it really takes. You know, you watch her as her career progresses in so many different ways, the roller coaster ride officials go through. And then Anise Kennedy, she's the first female on the field. You know, she's the trailblazer story. So the three of them, the three stories really just came together beautifully. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree totally when I um, watched it. So I think one of the stories that I wanted to touch on was Tangela. Um, Mm -hmm. When towards the end of the film, um, she had an issue with um, a family member. I don't want to give it away. I I know, it's so hard. It's so hard to like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, but so I don't want to give it away, but I do kind of Mm -hmm. want to touch on the subject that do you think in that moment, when she kind of had a moment of needing to confide in somebody and talk to somebody about a family member that's in her family. And she took a, a male mm-hmm. counterpart to the side and they spoke about it. Do you think that that was something that they were like, Oh, here's a female that has an issue, you know, yeah. like, do you think that that conversation would have happened if it was two males on the field? Oh my goodness, Mallory. That's <laughs> such a great question. It's such a great question. And, um, I don't know, you know, officiating is so, these bonds that these guys have together, um, because you're really thrown into fire, you know, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, every single snap is an audition, and the one thing about that moment between Tangela and Patrick Turner, um, because he is an NFL official, and interesting enough, He's there at the football officiating camp, at the Harold Mitchell camp. And when I had first saw that, um, we did like these, um, where we have like pre-screening where people see that, a lot of people thought that Patrick was a football coach. So that was so interesting to me. That yeah, it is interesting. They didn't realize that he was in the NFL and, you know, had kind of, you know, been working with Tangela and a couple other opportunities too. So I think that moment between, I think that moment exists, I think between across all genders. And we just happened to have caught that on film. And interesting enough, I wasn't even there. I was across the field. (laughs) 
yeah. with Anise. And I came back and it was Bob McCormick that captured that moment. And Cassie had the second camera. So we had an over the shoulder shot on that. And I came back over and Bobby was crying. And I, and I, I thought he got hit by a player. You're like, wait a second. I, what happened? I thought, what happened? <laughs> Are you okay? And Bobby's crying. He's like, here, take the camera. I mean, I mean, I need to go cry. And I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, so, I think that's part of like the filmmaking process is that you kind of just happen to have these really unique moments that you capture. And so it was down the road before I really kind of showed Tangela that moment. Um, Really unique editing process. All three women were involved in the process. I say, Hey, what do you think about this clip? What do you think about that clip? Hey, is the fourth down fumble rule still this? Because, (laughs) you know, it's been a few years since, you know, we filmed this and, um, and, and I think it's, it's refreshing to see two people like have an exchange, no matter what their gender is, um, and just have a moment together of like, I've worked so hard for something. And it was a very big decision for Tangela to come out to the camp. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really connected. That's a great question. Yeah, no, I really did connect with them. On a, I mean, I've never been a female official, but I have been a female in the military, you know, mm-hmm. where there's hardly any other ones, especially in the unit that I was in. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe I could connect with them on ways where, you know, you're expected to be a certain standard for the job that you're performing. But at the end of the day, you know that there's a difference between you and a male, you know, but you still mm-hmm. just want to and- be respected for mm-hmm. the job that you're performing. And you have to work 10 times harder. I mean, you do. I mean, yeah. you, have, you really do. I mean, you have to meet the standards and be better than the standards. Yeah. And you almost subconsciously feel like you have to prove that you're worthy of being there, you know, to yourself yeah. and to everybody around you. Yeah. Yep. That you're worthy of being taken serious mm-hmm. as a woman who not just enjoys sports watching it, but enjoys being part of the football game and executing it. Mm -hmm. So how was it being down on the field directing this? (laughs) How was the experience? Were you well received while you were there? Were people like you're in my way? (laughs) My directing skills are limited. I I mean, I'm just gonna kind of put it out there. I mean, I, I was so insanely fortunate to, to have talent that, I believed in and we, my, my process is really different from your typical director producer. I'm really, um, I come from a place where I'm nothing without my crew. I mean, my crew is everything to me. I'm the one getting the coffee for them. I'm making sure they got their ibuprofen, their sunblock. It just, I hire them because they're insanely talented. And so I'm always like, follow the story, listen to your instincts you know, breathe in the footage, hold that moment. And um, so my directing is a little bit non-directing. And that's what I love about the whole Cinema Verde kind of look and feel of the fly in the wall approach, because that's just a natural pathway for me in terms of capturing and documenting stories. Right. And so did you choose this topic because you wanted to bridge the like kind of your background in anthropology and 
like a living, breathing project type. Does that make sense? Kind of, do you, did you like yeah. to bring your anthropology background into oh my goodness. this? Yeah. I was thinking about this and, you know, if someone asked me this question a year ago, it would be a different answer because I've, I've evolved and kind of have this opportunity to be in the peripheral and look from the outside in on the documentary. Right. And really like my ultimate goal as a documentary filmmaker is, is to connect people is like, can I have an audience member, can I have some, a viewer step in someone else's shoes and for me, it was just so natural of filming officials. And when I first started this project, I didn't know who I was going to film. Basketball, football, baseball. I mean, I was open to everything. I mean, my family jokes about it. They're like, we all knew you were going to end up in football. But <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it was like a no-brainer. But I, I, I tried my best to be open. And it just was such an interesting group of folks and community because they are so marginalized, right? I mean, they're in between really interesting world in terms of the game itself. I mean, they're not with the fans. They're not with the players. They're not with the coaches. They're kind of out there, and we just don't know anything about them. And we have all these, like, pre-programmed schemas of, like, how we think about them. And it was just a way for me to challenge myself of, like, is there any way that I could, like, break these down and create new ideas? of like how we think about officials and kind of how we just have to stop pointing the finger at each other and, and be kind and thoughtful to each other. Yeah. And it just seemed like a natural space for me to explore. And I mean, there's been a lot of highs and lows with this documentary. I mean, it was very, very hard in the beginning. Um, just in general, you know, officials are not allowed to talk to media folks or, you know, there's a lot of parameters and what they can and can't do. And so to find three women that would be willing to like have a rookie filmmaker tag along with them was, was really a unique and I, I will always be grateful for this opportunity. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about the executive producer. So your relationship. <laughs> that guy? Yeah, right? <laughs> so the reason I bring it up is um, yeah. the executive producer of this film is Dean Blandino, which I'm sure most people in the football realm know him from all aspects of it, from college to pros. Um, but Dean's actually going to be on a future episode. So I'm dropping a little teaser there. So Dean, we're going to have him on a, an episode of Prior to the Snap and I'm really excited about that. So I want to hear a little bit about how your relationship with Dean came where he wanted to be a part of this project too. That's such a great question. So I got connected with Dean, um, Anise Kennedy. She's in the documentary. She knows like all kinds of folks. And she ha um, had mentioned um, to me to have Dean think about him being the executive producer. And I was like, I'm all good. I don't think so. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I was like, because I had a couple other folks that were really, really interested. And these were folks from the documentary world, right? Right. And, uh, I mean, producers that have been in Sundance. and I mean, it just became such a hot topic because, Mallory, when I started this years ago, nobody cared. I mean, it just wasn't talked about women in male-dominated areas at all and then all of a sudden there's like a me too movement and like now there's all these conversations 
And now people are really interested in this documentary. So that alone was kind of a cultural shock experience for me because I just been cruising along doing my own thing. Right. And um, now to have all this footage, to have these incredible stories, um, and then having someone like Dean Blandino come in, be the executive producer, started making sense to me. Um, when I started learning more about him and kind of the behind-the-scenes work he's been doing, just in terms of diversity and inclusion, and he, he's really this interesting guy. He, I'll never forget my first conversation with him. He was like talking about grassroots and I'm like, what are, are you like crazy? Like <laughs> I was like, who are you? And so I, I was very, after that first conversation, I was like, huh, this could be a possibility. And again, it was just like really important to me that all three women felt comfortable and were cool with this. If we did bring him on board as the EP, because in the fishing community, sports community, there's there's a weight to his name, and I wanted to make sure that they were okay with that. Right. Um, for me, I, I wanted them to be comfortable, and they were. And then I asked them to be my EP, and then it's just been so much fun ever since that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Um, I love that you valued the opinion so much of the cast of the women that you followed and made sure that it was okay with them, you know, cause this is their stories. And I think that's great. I think that you made it kind of like a family effort. <laughs> you kind of so had, we, we kinda all got together. Family. <laughs> I know we're kind of stuck with each other. I mean, it's interesting because again, a very unique opportunity, you know, the future documentaries I work on will be very different from this one. Um, to me, it was kind of like, we were making this documentary together and um, the participatory piece was important to me partly because I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't re-emphasizing certain stereotypes unconsciously, right? So like having them, you know, double check the footage, having Tangela be cool with some of the different like really intimate, intimate moments um, that she had was just like really important to me. Um, and it's just to kind of become over the years, yeah, a family, you know, and so much fun to see all three of them grow in really awesome ways um, ever since we were filming. And same with them. I think it's fun for them to see me kind of do my own thing and work on my next, you know, two or three documentaries that I've got going. And um, yeah, just every unique, just unique, beautiful opportunity. Yeah. No, it really seems like in going back to Dean a little bit, like you said, he is such a weighted name in the game and, you know, people know him. And I think it's so amazing that he wanted to be a part of this. I think it shows diversity in the people that others might look up to. Someone might want to mm -hmm. be a Dean Blandino someday. Um, yeah. And the fact that he's supporting this just really says so much about where I think football is going in the future. Same here. I mean, he really hung in there with me. I mean, we, we started, this was a couple of years ago too. I mean, we started talking a little bit here and there and then, um, you know, it just, it took me a while to kind of come around and ask him. I just wanted to make sure that it was the right match because a couple of other producers, executive producers that were interested, um, it was just the connection piece of officiating. They were like, well, let's change this. Let's change that. I'm like, well, that's 
you know, reinforcing these certain stereotypes, but they just didn't know that unconsciously, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I got a really, really good feeling that something really awesome is going to happen and he's just going to, you know, continue to be the backbone and, uh, come up with a really great partnership or something, something really awesome is going to happen. Yeah. I think there's gonna be an awesome next step. Kimberly Orr, she's the one that, um, is the author of the article that I was quoting you in earlier about, um, your film. And she quotes, um, a producer again, later in that article, producer T.S. Botkin. And he says, yeah. yeah, And he says, I believe it's a, he, maybe it's a, she, (laughs) I don't know. But T.S. Botkin is, quoted saying women on the sidelines and women on the periphery is not standard Mm -hmm. practice anymore. Women are in the game. Women make gain. When women make gains, we all make gains. It's a win-win of life. And I think that's so powerful. It is. Um, And I think it's just the beginning, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of momentum just in terms of how we think about women in male dominated spaces. And, you know, football is, is, is still kind of the old boys club. And, I was listening to another podcast and it was really interesting about when they have like um, women with sports talk radio or podcasts and like, that's okay. But then it gets a little like, Oh, when women start to have opinions, that's where the shift is. Right. I think that's where the rub happens. And I think it's just, we're just not used to it and having more exposure. And the visual story is like the story that, you know, sets in people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. When I was in school, I was actually did a paper about this, about how women have a very distinct place in the role of football. Women are allowed to sit at that table, but only at a certain seat, you know, only in like, Mm -hmm. you're allowed to be pretty on the sideline or you're allowed to kind of take it in. But when women start getting more involved, like I want to be an official or I want to be a coach Mm -hmm. or I want to, you know, do something more involved with statistics it's kind of almost an uncomfortable feeling for people to mm-hmm. not know how to take that. Like you said, it's to be taken mm-hmm. seriously. Well, and that uncomfortable space is um, hard at times. And, and, you know, with the documentary, it hopefully it eases that, you know, hopefully it creates some cushion because you're following these three incredible women um, of, you know, what they're, experiences like in officiating and it's all three really different takes on it yeah so yeah so tell me a tiny bit more about the women don't give enough don't give too much away because (laughs) knock on wood maybe they'll be on here in the future we can do a part two but how are they at in their careers now how are they doing are they still in the world of football is it still are they, do you have a part two coming out with the same women oh, or? Oh, you know, I mean like a series? Yeah. Um, that would be so much fun. Um, everybody's doing great. I mean, I, Mary Podesta, she officially retired this year, um, which was like a really big decision. And um, she also works the 49ers practice games or scrimmages. Oh, very so, nice. um, yeah, it's so cool. And then Tangela Mitchell is going to be in the XFL. And I was just online looking at the schedule. I was like, I'm so excited for the XFL. <laughs> I'm like totally stoked. I'm like surprised too, you know, because I, I usually have this football seasonal mindset. And I was like, wait, no, it's not stopping. We're going to keep going here. <laughs> right? I know. So, I, I haven't even watched an XFL game. So I'm excited too. 
I'm excited. It starts the week after the Super Bowl. Okay. So literally right after. Yeah. And so I was looking at the different teams and I was like, yeah, I think this is going to be my team because um, I think I'm going to go for the Wildcats. They're out in LA. You've probably done Um, more research about the XFL than I have. I need to get on that. Well, I have it. And so, yeah. And then Anise Kennedy, I mean, she's rocking it. I mean, she is, um, I want to say like an officiating scout in being game. I can't think of the, the title exactly with the NFL. And she's worked different camps and things like that. So, I mean, all three of them are doing great. I mean, really different um, places in their lives since the documentary is made. And I just, I was talking with Dean a few weeks ago and I said, um, you know, when people watch this, they think I just filmed it. And I go, I, this footage is from 2015, 2016, 2017. And this is 2020. And I go, yeah, people, you know, just think I did it last year or whatever. Yeah. When I watched it, I thought that. (laughs) He goes, yeah. He goes, because nothing much has changed. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's so depressing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I I thought that was interesting, you know, his response. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. Um, So, so yeah, all, all of them are doing great. And you should definitely, if you're interested, have them. Um, be part of your podcast. I think you'd have a lot of fun with them. I would love to. We'll do a round two. We'll make this into like yeah. a two-part yeah. series. So yeah. how do you feel about, I don't know if you have any feelings about this. If you don't, that's fine. But I know with the 49ers going to the Super Bowl, it's been a big deal mm-hmm. about Katie Sowers. I don't know if you've, I yeah. think I'm saying that correctly. Um, the, ass- yeah. the offensive assistant coach with them that's going to the Super Bowl and she's the first female mm-hmm. coach heading there. Do you think that this is a so big cool. direction you know, is this a, I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. good example for younger women or um, girls oh to like yeah. want that to be there. Like, wow, I really so can cool. go yeah. do this. And she's, I have never met her, but I've heard about her. And she actually um, is just a really authentic person, right? And that's the cool part about it, you know? Um, she, interesting enough, she has a twin sister. And um, Anise Kennedy has a twin sister, too. And I've always wanted to do a Trailblazer series with twin sisters and oh, interview the twins of, like, what is it like to see your sister blaze trail big time, you know, in a male-dominated arena. But, yeah, she I, – I would love to meet her someday. And um, she just seems so down-to-earth. And I think that's the coolest part, right? I mean, oh, she's yeah. like, I'm just doing my job, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think the exposure she's getting is – is awesome and it just takes that one look and I think it's for girls and boys um to see this because I have a kiddo he's seven when I started this documentary he was 10 months old and he doesn't know any difference he thinks women do this all the time (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's really important for all kids to like see women do this absolutely and I, I love that point I love that yeah, he, he thinks it's very natural. He thinks like, you know, there was one point, he, and, and my kiddo is not into football whatsoever. But there was one time a few years ago, he was watching a game with me. I was like freaking out, but, you know, playing it cool. So like he went like notice that. And <laughs> yeah. he was like, where is she? And I was like, huh? It was just, I don't even know what game I'm watching. He's like, where is she? I don't see her. And I was so confused. And he goes, where's Tangela? And I was like, oh, he was watching the officials. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. He wasn't watching the game. But that sparked an 
idea of like, it'd be so cool to have like K through 12 curriculum with this documentary or, you know, something cool like that, like an educational piece would be fun to do with it. So, um, but yeah, I think it's important for everybody to see this and it's just so cool that, um, the 49ers have had like a really awesome year, obviously. And to have someone like, um, a coach on their team that is just, you know, rocking it and getting great exposure. Yeah, absolutely. When I was growing up, um, I, so I'm the only girl in my family. I have three older brothers, but I'm (laughs) the only girl. So I, I kind of grew up as just football being just, that Mm -hmm. was what you watch at night. Just duh. But my brothers used to get to go on um, trips sometimes with my dad when he, cause he was an official and he used to travel two games obviously on weekends but I never got to go because I was a girl and girls don't Mm -hmm. go in the locker rooms you know and so but my brothers could go no problem you know but it was always me that didn't get to go so when I saw that part in the documentary when she was like yeah I mean sometimes I just have to go to a bathroom to change my clothes or wear them to the stadium I just thought that that was so interesting Mm -hmm. just about the dynamics of just somewhere to change your clothes, you know, women don't even. Yeah. So, but it's a great, I love the point that you said about your son and just, it's such a good example for boys too, not just girls. Cause I have a son too. And I don't want him to just be like, Oh, women are trailblazers. You know, you can be a trailblazer too, you know, and it's important for him to just grow up knowing naturally, no matter you're a male or female, just go after what you want to do. Totally. And I think, you know, when I think about women in football, I grew up with two older brothers. They're a lot older than me. And um, I don't know, maybe it was something that you asked me early on when we first started talking. But um, I was like, when was the first time I saw a woman in football? And I really thought about it. And it was a movie. And I looked it up and it's called Wildcats. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's um, with Goldie Hawn. And it was from oh. 1986. I was 11 years old when I saw that movie and she's a football coach and oh. um, you have to Google it. So it's called Wildcats. Yeah, I'll have to look and, that up. Um, but that's the first time I saw a movie with a female, some, a woman in football. And I was hanging with my brothers. Again, a movie I should not have seen at that age. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the trailer and I was yeah. like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> um, but you know, when you have older brothers, you're exposed to everything. Absolutely. And, I know um, that 100%. You grow up, yeah, you grow up pretty fast. Yeah. So, but I think, like, when was the first time you saw a woman in football? You know, it's funny to think about that because when you said that, it sparked me thinking about it. And I think it's honestly, if I have to think about the first time I feel like that conversation was even brought up was the female official um, who's in the NFL right now when she Mm -hmm. first started in college. And it's funny to think back when I was a kid, right? Football was Mm -hmm. literally always on the TV because my dad was an official. We we like the sport. If someone's playing, it's on the TV. It doesn't matter the teams. Um, And I used to never really blink an eye that it was just men. Like it was all men. Everyone was men. Mm -hmm. It's just men. I feel like I never saw a connection to it. In, a, in, a, in like, a, I want that in my future thing because I never saw my representation there as a woman, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when I was growing up, I remember thinking, I love football. I love it. I've been around it. It's like a comfort blanket to me. It's, I want it to be in my future, but how? You know, as a woman, you're 
options are be like a sports reporter. Right. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to be a part right. of it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was an interesting path for me to try and find where my shoe fits in something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good Yeah. Question. And you know, I mean, still to this day, I mean, I think there's more women out there that we just don't know about. Right. And I think a part of it is that they're just, you know, doing what they love. And I, I think there's just so much potential with this documentary because it's, it's, it's a universal language in terms of sports. I mean, sports is really a space where we can meet each other halfway and, um, and be okay with each other. It's, it's kind of like a place where we can have an exchange. And that's what I love about having a documentary in the sports theme. Because then we can introduce new ideas and new ways of thinking. And people don't even really realize that. So it's kind of the side door, back door approach that I love. Yeah, Like I love the documentary and how we did the editing because it's not like thrown in your face, like the world's going to end and blow up and we're all going to die. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> and only female stories. officials from and now on. Female, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's not like this, we're going to raise some hell and, you know we're going to make it all women. It's more of like an integration. And and, and how does that work? You know, I mean, no, I love it. You know, and how do we do this? And it really kind of comes because I've had all kinds of folks watch this. I mean, I had a group of eighth graders watch this and they loved it. I had, um, you know, a fortune 500 company, their sales guys watched it, loved it, you know, um, women that are like really into empowerment and identify themselves as like um, go-getters, they watch it, you know, sports people watch it. People yeah. that don't even like football watch it. I mean, it just is so universal because sports does that. Sports yeah. kind of brings people together. Absolutely. And I, I feel like it gives a really like fly on the wall type of feel to it. Something that we didn't know happens that happens. And funny, this is probably going to be super weird to hear, but I watched that. I watched that new show on Netflix called cheer. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's about cheerleaders. I want it. I want to see that. So it's so good. First of all, we have this pre-programmed idea about that, right? Yes. Let's box them in. I already am like, have some thoughts going through my head. Yes. And we need to like, clear that framework. Absolutely. Um, it was so good. I yeah. don't, ha- I have 0% cheerleading background in me. I mean, I had some friends in high school that were cheerleaders, but that was it. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was, it kind of reminds me of like her turf. It really is a fly on the wall. This is what cheerleaders do and go through. And I thought it was amazing. And mm-hmm. something that I loved about it was Reese Witherspoon quoted on her Twitter, which brought a good point, And it made me think about this. Um, your documentary is nobody would have known about this coach in the middle of nowhere, Texas, that's like Mm -hmm. coaching up these cheerleaders that are from these troubled backgrounds or they have broken homes. You know, she has her MBA. This coach has her MBA. Mm -hmm. She could be off doing much bigger things, but she loves what she does and she's there Mm -hmm. doing it. And nobody would know about this unless it wasn't for the show, but the fact that she was still there doing it, you know, and I think it's huge about what you said earlier about women in sports, you know, we might not see them, but that doesn't mean they're Mm -hmm. not out there working their butts off you know, just pursuing them something that they love. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I want to see that. I haven't had a chance to, 
to check that one out. Yeah, but on I mean, again, I think good. it's just, I will. I think it's just about real people and like real lives. And I think we're, as a society, we're emotionally starved. I mean, we kind of get these crumbles here and there, maybe through social media, but we're all looking for like, what's real these days? And, um, you know, having meaning in their life and seeing these three incredible women and their journeys. And again, it's a short documentary. I mean, it's only 17 minutes long because I was hoping just to get an appetizer, just to get people interested in it. And, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I want more. And I love that. Right. Cause I'm yeah. like, Oh, I got more. <laughs> and, but, but it, but it shows that people are interested and that there's, there's an appetite for it. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that goes to what you're talking about with cheer. I mean, these are real life and there's such a responsibility as a filmmaker and producer to like ensure that you're not putting your own preconceived ideas out there. And that the editing process is really kind of a testing ground of like, do you have what it takes to be the producer and to make ensure these stories are being told the way they should be told, you know? Um, yeah. So what's your future? So is there yeah. a future in this? I feel like you're getting there to telling us. <laughs> This oh, is me? the appetizer. Oh. Is there a main dish <laughs> coming? Well, I've always wanted to build a series out of this, you know, I mean, really kind of, oh goodness. So, I mean, it could be a, the series that I'm, I'm really interested in doing and we'll probably start doing this summer most likely is, is women in male dominated spaces. So, you know, that's filming a jockey, a skydiver, a smoke jumper, a bull rider. I just found these um, dry car um, sisters that are really interested. So kind of like, what would this series look like? And these are women that compete against the guys. I mean, they're all in the same pool. And, and that's, that's again, just another in, a space that I want to go into and film and, I love that. you know, filming. Yeah. And, you know, filming the officials, you know, I'd love to, to get back on the field with them at some point. Um, you know, it, it's such a magical place yeah. when you're on the line of scrimmage because you're really in the heart of the game in a way that you can't be as a fan or as a coach, as a player, because everything happens on that line of scrimmage. And it's just a really unique experience. And um, I think that's why officials do what they do because <laughs> they just want more. And it's really, really hard job. And you just get better and better and better at it. I mean, there's so many similar moments that you have in filmmaking and to be an official. I mean, you have one chance. I mean, you can't say, oh, can you guys do that again, please? I totally <laughs> missed it. Can we replay that, that, that last one? <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It just does not happen. And, you know, I first when I first talked to Tangela years ago, my first conversation with her, there's something that she said to me that has stuck with me. And that's her perspective and how she kind of approaches the game. And she's like, every game is a big game for someone. Oh, yeah. And I love that. that I is love good. that. Yeah, that is really And I good. honor that. And she started officiating seventh graders, you know? Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's where you start. Yeah. And, and when she said that to yep. me, I was sold. I was like, I want to film her. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I want to film her because it yeah. was just her, her essence of how she um, kind of just approached the game. And I just thought, I want to do that. I want every moment 
to mean it is a moment to somebody Absolutely. when they watch my documentary and that gets to be their moment. Yeah. And I get to have the honor and the privilege to have a camera or to have an incredible film crew capture that. Yeah. No people, I feel, I truly feel like the drive and other people really can spark a drive in yourself, you know, like it's she contagious. Had. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm excited for your future. Tell everybody really quick. We can't see it now. Um, it's not open for the whole public to watch it now, but in the future, maybe. Yes, I hope so. That's okay. the game plan. So, <laughs> so the film set, film festival circuit is we're still in that circuit. So, just like for example, we'll be in Phoenix in Toronto in February, and then in about two or three months, we'll be done with the film festival circuit. And then, you know, our goal is to have like a really some really awesome partnerships come out of this. And then we'll eventually um, probably release this online. So if anybody is interested in seeing this, they can go to our website, herturf.com and just click on watch her turf and then you'll fill out a form and then we will send that to you once we officially release the documentary through distribution channels and stuff. Awesome. But there is a trailer that is available for everybody, right? We have trailers. There's clips on our website, you know, um, that, you know, kind of showcase different moments. Um, not not big moments, but just little kind of teasers here and there. Awesome to learn about the three awesome women. So, cool, and that's um, herturf.com, correct? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I always end my podcast by asking you, my guest, r- okay. a couple random questions about themselves. Okay. Me, so here we go. It's your turn. Okay. Hot seat. What is the m- housework or chore around your house that you hate doing the most? I love doing chores. So this is a hard one for me. I love doing laundry. Like, yeah, same, thing. Same. Uh-huh. <laughs> love it. Um, maybe dusting. Oh I'm, yeah. Maybe dusting. Cause I love vacuuming. I love a dishwasher. Um, yeah, I would say dusting. I'm going to run with dusting cause dusting. I don't really, yeah. Uh, dusting final okay. answer final dusting. answer locking it in we're not calling a, a friend okay yeah I love it okay could you ever see yourself living in a tiny house do you think you'd yes. like that yes yeah I would love that yeah okay. yeah I, I don't I'm, I'm very minimalist I don't you know and that's another thing like when I hire my film crew I'm like everything has to fit in your backpack like we are on the go. Always I'm gonna put never checking spaces, a bag. <laughs> never checking a bag. Huh? No, because what if, no, we can't. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to live in a little tiny house someday. Um, I love that. Not right now, but maybe someday. Yeah. Just out in the middle of nowhere. My husband, oh my gosh, that's his dream come true. Middle of nowhere, no neighbors. <laughs> he just wants to live on the land. Okay. Okay. Now it's my turn. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. I'm thinking, (laughs) uh, have you ever pet a monkey? I've never pet a monkey in my life. I think I'm a little bit scared of monkeys. Yeah. I like looking at them like at a zoo. I don't think I could like actually touch them. Okay. One more. Would you ever wear socks with flip flops? Mm, absolutely. I mean, I'm, oh, really? I'm, I mean, not, not probably if I'm doing anything seriously, but let's not kid ourselves. I'm a mom of two young kids. And at this point, yeah. if I can get to target alone, I'll do it with whatever is on my feet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even care that's so true. if it's socks oh and gosh. sandals. That's like let's a honeymoon do yeah. to do something alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, I've 
enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for spending your evening with me. Um, it's been so good talking and I look forward to seeing what comes next in your career. And I loved your documentary. I can't wait for everyone to see it. I think what you're doing is huge. Thank you so much. Really appreciate being on. Yes. All right. We'll see you later. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So, um, make sure, um, next week we have a pretty awesome guest and, I do have some future guests that are coming that are pretty big and they're going to bring a lot of different um, aspects of football um, to the audience. So I'm excited for you guys to look f- uh, to hear that. Um, make sure you check us out on Instagram. Um, I kind of give little teasers here and there about what's next and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Prior to the Snap, the Profiles of Football Pros podcast. Be sure to subscribe on all major platforms. 